Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. It's I, your host, Lucas Gaynor, here back in the big chair with my co-host, Patrick Lounsbury. Obviously, a lot has transpired, Patrick. Uh, first of all, Pat, I just want to know, how you doing tonight, man? You know, I'm sitting here enjoying some dinner and just got my pen and paper out with all the stuff that's kind of gone on in these last few couple crazy days and I'm ready to address it and move past it. This is a podcast I wish that we weren't having and we weren't going to be doing. But, you know, being people that watch the team and cover the team, things like this that unfortunately occur, we we have to address. So here we are, man. How are you feeling? I mean, you know, Pat, really sucks that uh, after a season of such great vibes and great basketball and a deep playoff run, it sucks that, you know, wow, things in the offseason, beginning of the offseason, this is looking amazing. We're, we're, not only are we running it back, we added some pieces. We added Brogdon. We added Gallo. Um, you know, Gallo gets hurt in the Euro basket. And then, obviously, the elephant in the room, you know, is right now is the Ime Udoka sort of story, the scandal. Um, you know, Pat, and since that broke out, which obviously we'll get into a little more detail here, since that broke out, man, the vibes have been off. Um, but, you know, basketball is right around the corner, and I'm still hopeful for this team, even, you know, given the turmoil that they're currently going through right now. I still have hope for this team. I still believe in Brad Stevens, and we have the same roster minus Gallo. You know, RIP, man, that sucks. He's going to miss the whole season, bro. Um, so I'm really ready for some basketball to actually go down. But, you know, we have to address the big story, Pat. So um, obviously for everybody who doesn't know, um, I'm sure everybody does know if you're listening. Uh, Ime Udoka was caught having uh, some sort of relationship with a female staffer on the Celtics team, on the Celtics staff. And uh, it's clear that she it, uh, she was below him, you know, in the power pecking order, in the pecking order of things, you know, in the hierarchy uh, at the Boston Celtics. And that, you know, A, is unprofessional. You know, obviously to have that go down in the workplace, okay, it's maybe not the worst thing ever, but um, it's unprofessional at the very least. And then for, you know, to do with someone who is not your equal, who maybe, you know, reports to you or is not as high in, you know, the power chain. I think that's a really bad move from Ime Udoka. Um, and honestly, it could be a lot worse, Patrick. And we don't really know all the details. Um, so I could just say, Patrick, I'm very disappointed in Ime as a lifelong Celtics fan. I got to be honest, I'm disappointed as somebody who covers the team as well and, you know, doesn't really watch from the fan aspect um, as much as maybe I used to. And uh, just as a basketball and sports fan in general, man, because we already know how badly, you know, women in sports have um, haven't really, Pat. And, you know, this is a case of something where, you know, a lot of women's names were dragged through the mud on the Internet who did not deserve it. They did nothing to, you know, have that. And Brad touched on that in the uh, press conference regarding, you know, Doka Pat. But I'll let you get your thoughts out. I won't ramble. Ramble. No, I, I think um... – you know, we, we're not going to get probably the full details anytime soon, if if ever, at any point. But um, the reason we've waited to have this discussion is because we felt like we needed some more, a little bit more information, which we were provided on. And, you know, I think the the way that Wick and Brad Stevens held that presser just a couple of days ago and the emotional look and you can hear in Brad Stevens' voice is – it, it was a pure disappointment and he was super, super upset, especially to see 
how you just he's he was really heartbroken by the fact of everybody affected in the organization uh especially for the females that work for the boston celtics their names and their reputations being thrown out all throughout social media and he was not happy about it man he even said it was bullshit like it's it's not cool at all if you are somebody who is condoning to some of that or think it's funny or anything like that these are are people with careers that worked really hard to get into a position and and it's been already very hard over years for women to really make themselves well known in the sports industry as they're progressively you know doing great things and in the sports community and for them to just have this type of thing go down and, and everybody have these accusations and point fingers. And at the end of the day, you know, where it comes down to is there's only one finger that should be pointed. It should be at Ime. You know, he's the one that, you know, there was code of conduct, man. It's you have a contract and policies in place. And it was reiterated multiple times. There was multiple violations it wasn't just one um they haven't gotten much detail as far as the violations go and we may never get those details but i think that the way that the celtics have been handling the situation in my eyes has been in the best of their capabilities and i can see why that they didn't want this story to get out really to the public but it seemed like some type of leak happened we don't know where the source came from for the leak we don't know if it was the organization, somebody in the organization, you know, leaked it out. Uh, we don't know if it was, you know, Emay's camp, a player's agent or anything like that, because it, there's just no, there's no structure of what's kind of going on or who it's coming from. We just kind of know the very broad idea of what's happening. And the Boston Celtics have decided to suspend Emay, uh for a whole season and, it, it seems like they're still waiting more details because they haven't came to a conclusion of what they're going to do after that suspension. And they're still waiting off on that. Um, so much chaos, you know, to end this off season going into training camp, you're talking about the team that went to the NBA finals, you know, signed some, some pretty veteran guys, went and traded for Brogdon and looking really adamant to, to make another run. And, then you end up getting the Gallo news, you know, which is really unfortunate for him. And I, I hope he has a, a great recovery. And then you have the Robert Williams knee issue, which we'll get more about uh, here later on. And then you got the email thing. And it, it seems like this, uh, this off season spiraled pretty damn quickly. And I'm kind of still in a, a shock and a loss for words when it comes to a lot of these things. And I know Lucas, you're, you're feeling a lot of the same, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Gallo thing, you know, it's just basketball. You know, a lot of these guys love playing in the Euro basket. That's just – I think that's what you call a tough break. Um, you know, the Rob Williams one, you know, like you said, we'll get into. That's, you know, that's a pretty bad situation, but that's basketball-wise, right? The email thing, Pat, you know, I'm glad we waited because uh, we needed, you know, some more details. You know, a lot of people out there in the media went out there and were very quick we're very quick to defend Ime. And then, you know, the second article broke from Shams saying that while, you know, this was originally found out in June, you know, and maybe was consensual at one point, Ime continued to make what were, quote, unwanted comments towards a female staffer. And that is harassment right there. 
Okay. And that's just one detail. We don't even know the rest. You know, I know Matt Barnes put out a video that first day defending Ime and then had to walk it back saying he found out some information. This is, he does not want to, you know, he takes back what he said. He spoke without knowing the details, Pat. So I'm glad we waited, but also I was at a, I was at a loss, man. I was just kind of shocked. I couldn't really believe it. I mean, Ime was a guy that everybody seemed to be rooting for first year head coach went to the finals, instilled the great culture. And Pat, you know, it's been, you know, almost, you know, feels like 15 minutes here and we haven't even said, you know, Nia Long. I mean, this guy, you know, lied to his wife, uh, you know, by omission. You know, he didn't tell her, even though he knew he got caught in June. She had just came to Boston to house hunt, to permanently stay in Boston. And uh, not only did Ime really look like what I think throw away his professional career, especially with the Celtics. You know, he really fucking, excuse my language, but he really, you know, he messed up his personal life and he hurt probably a lot of people, you know, involved in the situation that, you know, should never have been hurt this way. Um, You know, it's very frustrating. And Pat, as far as, you know, the speculation about the women online, you know, Brad said, like you said, it's it's BS. Okay. Um, And he said, you can never stop, you know, you can never really control the internet's reaction. But what I'll tell people is what you can do is be a part of, not be a part of that reaction, okay? And actively say how bad that reaction is, okay? That is what you can do, you know, to try and do your part because there are some names thrown around that it's just really disgusting. You know, these women did not deserve that. Um, but Pat, I pretty much feel like I've said my piece on Ime. I mean, I'll say lastly, I'll close out with the Ime talk. I don't think he's ever going to coach for the Celtics again, and I'll say it right now. I think the Celtics are only keeping him right now under suspension is because if a lawsuit comes, from a female staffer, you know, one of, you know, his victims, his harassment victims or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, it's messed up, man, but it's a business. He's going to be a lot easier to represent, you know, and fight that lawsuit, um, you know, with Ime as a member of the organization, as opposed to a separate entity. That's just what I think it is. I'm not trying to say whether or not I think that, I think that's the right thing to do. Like morally, I'm not going to say that, but I just think that's where their, their decision-making is probably coming from. If I had to guess. Yeah, I'm not really too sure as to why they haven't uh, fired him, but I'm sure it has something to do with some legal type of complications. And, you know, I, I feel really bad for Nia Long and and all the women that were involved in the situation. I think it's just really selfish of what you may end up doing because at the end of the day, it's, it's affected a lot of people. You know, um, you're talking about it affects the players. It affects the organization, it affects the, the women, it affects his, you know, engagement with Nia Long. And the way that you may, you know, went about everything, and we don't even know the whole details, man. Uh, at the end of the day, it's just it's selfish. And I'd be really shocked to see if Ime ends up even having a job in, in the NBA ever again um, because of you, you went to one of the most historic franchises and, and you can't follow the, the conduct policy there. It's it's going to be real hard to to see you in the NBA from there on out, I think. Um, but moving on to some more brighter, better days, Lucas, um, you may will still kind of get mentioned throughout these because it was media day and expected, you know, media day is supposed to be a day of fun. You know, you're back, you're excited to get back into the season, get in the grind. And um, the vibes around the Celtics players today was more of confusion and, not full understanding and 
and just kind of like they're trying they, they seem like they were trying to be very optimistic about things but you could tell that the recent news of everything has, has definitely impacted this team oh absolutely i mean you know the guys are in the dark just as much as it appears that the public is in the dark and those guys are obviously incredibly close to the situation you know it had some guys pat you know, voicing their frustration at media day, but they also had some guys, you know, professing, you know, kind of their appreciation, um, you know, for their relationship with Ime, right? Which I think is why the players not knowing maybe some details could be dangerous because then some guys could say some things and then it turns out Ime did some pretty bad stuff. And But I don't really think anyone's going to hold that against them, man. They're in the dark. But, uh, Pat, I mean, I kind of want to start with Joe Mazzula. I don't know if that's cool with you. Um, Joe Mazzula, let's go for it. 34-year-old former player at West Virginia, uh, former Maine Red Claws at the time, uh, head coach, has been promoted as the interim head coach, uh, you know, for this season. Uh, Pat, I think he was hired because, A, he was by far the most qualified guy on staff. You know, he was a finalist for the Jazz job along with Will Hardy, and he's, you know, kind of a hot commodity in the coaching circle. Um, Two, you know, the season's about to start. Impossible to do some external interviews, you know, and, you know, begin to look for candidates and then not only look for them, uh, whittle them down and then finally make your choice. That takes a lot longer, you know, than just a few weeks here, which is, you know, when basketball is going to pretty much be kicking off. So that's why he got the higher pat. But, you know, I like him as a basketball player. You know, I love that game where Duke lost to West Virginia. I vividly remember as a kid watching Joe Missoula, you know, slap the floor, play a terrific game. Uh, but, you know, the dark cloud over the Missoula hire, Pat, is, um, you know, a domestic violence charge that he has, you know, from when he was at West Virginia. Um, and that's a – I think, Pat, there's no two ways about it, right, as far as how it looks. I mean, it looks bad, right, because, you know, the conversation, you know, a lot of people in sports, a lot of men in sports, you know, get away with having messed up paths, with having abuse or, you know, things of that nature, um, you know, DUIs, you know, just things that, you know, are not looked upon favorably for damn good reason, right? Um, and, you know, people will say there's a lot of people qualified enough for that job who don't have a track record or a rap sheet that has domestic violence on them. And I would say that's true. Um, I think the Celtics were in a really tough spot here, like I mentioned, with the time crunch. And what happened with Joe Mazzola was a long time ago, and there's no expiration date for, you know, hitting a woman or – you know, ruining a life because of a DUI or any crime like that. There's no time limit on that. It's a bad thing. Uh, you can only hope that Joe Mazzula, you know, at the time, who was a college student, who had also got arrested for fighting a cop at a baseball game and peeing in public, had some unresolved issues, as many 21-year-olds and 20-year-olds do. You know, I know not everybody's getting arrested at that age, but, you know, it seems like he probably had some pretty serious issues going on. Um, I read an article, Pat, from shortly after that, um, incident with the woman at the bar, um, you know, where he had his throat around her neck. I read an article and his dad said he was, re- he was getting treatment for something health related. So whatever that may be, it seems that after that third and final arrest, you know, hopefully they medically and psychologically gave him the help he seriously needed, obviously, because he was doing some pretty messed up things, you know, getting, fighting a cop, you know, putting your hands on a woman is no, and never excuse under any circumstance, Pat. So, you know, I'm, I am definitely conflicted, I will admit, because I do love Missoula as a basketball guy, but there are things that supersede basketball. Um, and this is definitely one of them, Pat, and I just 
I guess I can just hope, you know, that, that uh, Joe has really turned over a new leaf in his life. And, you know, he had to answer for it today at Media Day, Pat. Yeah, um, and Missoula, you know, I was actually kind of shocked that, that that was the choice the Celtics went with. Not so much because of, you know, his past or anything like that. It was more so that I also saw Studemeyer, you know, as one of the assistants on the bench, you know. And I'm thinking, well, Studemeyer, you know, is a little bit older than Missoula. And he's he was from Ime's coaching staff. And he brought even um, – he even had coached in college. So uh, Studemeyer had some experience already. He seemed like he may have been the most experienced assistant on – that roster, but Missoula has been around since 2019 and a part of the Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens staff. Um, and when he was hired on, it was addressed like that part of portion of his life. They did a, a very thorough evaluation of, of him as a person and his character where he stands now. And um, I definitely don't want to say that like he is forgiven for what he's done in the past, but at the same time, you know, we like to think that some people can can definitely be a better person. And Missoula has clearly shown the eyes of the people around him out, out of like just some of the quotes that you're seeing from the players today and and the coaching staff having that, you know, confidence in him to step up into this position. It's clear that this team and this organization is is comfortable with Missoula taking over the reins as the head coach and you know it's it's still kind of new you know it's it's still fresh we haven't had many days to really collect and 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 establish a true thought process of everything that's kind of happening it's just been a a wild couple days and um I couldn't imagine what you know the past few days for Missoula has been you know you gotta think of a guy who gets probably a phone call is like hey we're naming you the head coach, the interim head coach. Like a, that's a huge, huge thing. And I think the the Celtics are putting a lot of like, you know, pressure on him, but but also letting him know that they support him. And uh, I think there was a really good quote from Malcolm Brogdon today, right? And Brogdon called. Uh, let's see. The options to pick a few. He, Brogdon so also mentioned that detail, he's detail oriented. I believe was the phrase that Malcolm used. Yeah, well, it started off with Brogdon's talking about how his options to pick between a few teams, and when he was traded, and he picked Boston, and then he th- Brogdon also talked about how he could be the best defensive backcourt in the league, and think offensively he can be great. And then Brogdon went on to call Joe Missoula incredibly impressive. Says Missoula is in the gym lifting before him also notes that Missoula has a reputation for putting together brilliant scouting reports. Um, so you're, you're getting a guy who really doesn't have, I like that Brogdon's there now because he doesn't have the email connection and he's just going to establish that role with that new coach. He doesn't have any passwords. So I'm hoping he can mend and help the other guys kind of get on board in a sense. And, I'm just excited to see this team rally behind the new coach, right? I think that there's a lot of guys on this team that are excited for Missoula and believe in what Missoula can be for this team. And I don't think Missoula is going to come in and try to change a whole bunch. I think he really wants to build on everything that Ime had started, right? And, you know, Ime did a lot of things, you know, 
great as a coach, right? He turned the culture around. He held people accountable. So it's just very, you know, and he's taken accountability for what he's done. You know, he came out and I had his quote already. And I think that Joe Mazzulla is just going to try to at least carry on as far as the coaching style goes and, and try to build on what Ime has started, right? And, and just continue to make this team um, come together and hopefully go for another run. And I, I'm just uh, – I'm really excited for Missoula, and I think this is going to be a huge opportunity for him. And there could be – you know, if he has a great season, there will be a lot of teams wishing that they went and interviewed him for their head coaching job. And then if there's like a – there could be where the season's going a little wonky and and maybe we go into a different direction. So uh, just a, a lot of pressure on a guy, you know, for a roster that's championship ready and was the number one favorite to come out in the East, man. It's uh, – I fully support Joe Missoula, but I also understand there's a lot of pressure on the guy. I mean, yeah, this has been a definitely a tough situation, you know, across the board here. I mean, in the past few days, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I'm a little bit in shock, you know, with just how things have fallen out. And then, you know, the hiring Missoula, who, you know, honestly, it just looks so terrible, you know, with this past because, you can hope you can change, but I mean, nonetheless, man, that's a pretty, really, really serious mistake. And, uh, you know, I, I'm offering people second chances. However, I think sometimes you know, mistakes, you know, we can call people for a reason. But like I said, man, the only thing I can hope is that Joe Mazzola has attempted as much as he can to right his wrongs and live a better life. Because, you know, for better or worse, he's the Boston Celtics head coach. And uh, we're going to be watching Boston Celtics basketball. But, man, it is disappointing you know, and just a reminder, you know, of kind of what we started the show off, man, is that sports, you know, there has to be a conversation about how uh, women are treated in sports and how men who, you know, have uh, an abusive past are uh, treated in sports as well. Um, and, you know, Pat, more bad news. I mean, we can just keep piling it on. I mean, this is not going to be the happiest listen here. You know, Pat mentioned briefly Robert Williams. Okay. You know, he got that surgery. We knew that surgery was coming. We thought the timetable was four to six weeks you know, a little bit of a cleanup to come in that knee. Um, well, they must have seen something while they were in there because that timetable doubled now from eight to 12 weeks. And, uh, Pat, I mean, missing Rob Williams is going to really hurt. You know, it's going to put a lot on Al here in the beginning of the beginning couple months of the season. And, Pat, we've talked at nauseum about how the third big is probably the weakest part of the Celtics rotation right now. And that's now even with Gallo being out who we discussed maybe could slide in for some sketchy minutes at the five. That option is no longer on the table, Pat. So I'll phrase it this way, Pat. Okay. How were, give me your thoughts about Robert Williams. And then also, uh, who do you think we're going to be see, seeing more Calvin Jelly or, uh, or Luke Cornett out there in the beginning of the season? Yeah, we're probably gonna get a lot more Cornette, but I, I think something we, we definitely are gonna see is Tatum at the four. I think we're gonna get a lot of Tatum at the four. We could see some small ball Grant Williams again and um some some opportunity there for some of those guys to get some more minutes. But you know, I, I think the best part about Media Day is Robert Williams because he is just like one of the funniest guys, I think, ever, because he was being asked if he made the right decision to come back in the playoffs, and he goes I played in the finals, homie. You win some, you lose some. I don't regret that shit. <laughs> I just that is such a Rob, Rob quote. Such a Rob. Rob, quote. Rob is just funny, man. He's just like he he really is just like I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, and like I'm cool with it. Like if it don't work out, 
it's all good, but I, I'm not going to regret what I decided. And, and he said he had some reoccurring problems in that left knee, and he says he just he's just focused on rehabbing and trying to get back. So, And the best part, too, of it is he was walking around today at the media day, no limp. Like, he's just walking around like everything's fine with his body. So um, <clears throat> I really hope we, we really followed the timeline in this because it's earlier in the season. I hope he doesn't rush back or anything like that. And uh, I, I just hope Rob just takes his time. I, I think this team is good enough and that we can live without him for that time period. Uh, yeah, could we go through some rough you know, stretches? Absolutely. Do I want to see Rob out there sooner than later? A hundred percent. But never do I want to see him out there, you know, to take uh, take it away from his health to be out there. I want him to be out there a hundred percent. I want him to be at the best of his abilities because – when you have Robert Williams at 85%, he's incredible. When he's at 100%, he you're really talking about is is just straight dominant. You know, he's one of the best big men in the league defensively when he's out there 100%. And you're talking about all defensive player and the opportunity for a guy to really take advantage and, and make an all-defensive team. Um, I think he could have been all-defensive first team, but I, I do think this injury to start the year – kind of knocks a little bit on some of his yearly opportunities to make one of those teams just because of the amount of games he looks like he's going to miss now. So I'm just unfortunate for Rob in that aspect that he may not get all the recognition he might deserve. But at the end of the day, I just want Robert Williams back and healthy. Yeah, Rob is such an integral part of what makes the Celtics you know, such an elite defensive team. There's really not too many guys like him on the defensive end. Um, and it sucks. Like you said, Pat, he's not going to be able to get his recognition here, missing two to three months of the NBA season or two, and a, you know, I would say two to three. Yeah. About two to three months. And, uh, you know, it's probably the reason why he didn't finish a little bit higher in Depoy or make a first team all defense. I guess if he played the whole season, maybe he would have got those recognitions. However, I'm glad smart won his, but Pat, it is very frustrating. You know, I'm sure for Rob, as well as us, just, to not get Rob for 82 games, 35 minutes a night, because he's such a player. I mean, and I think he really has room to grow as a player as well, too, which I um, was really looking forward to seeing. So, honestly, I can't wait till Rob is going to be back, because things – I'm not going to say they're going to be terribly rough, but uh, they're going to be rough without Rob, Pat. Um, and here's what I'll say right now, Pat, the kind of, you know, shifting gears a tiny bit. Um, I don't think the Celtics should be considered favorites anymore. No, I, I absolutely not. I think you with um, the Warriors some of the things that have happened in the offseason. The Bucks. I, I would. Good. I would even put the Bucks. Yeah, I would say the third favorite would be respectable, right? I think you give the Warriors their praise. You know, they're back. There's one champ. There's one, and you're gonna get Clay Thompson getting his legs back under him in a full season now, and the opportunity for them to to repeat is definitely real. And then you have the Bucks who are getting healthy again, and now you have the the coach is new for us and you have Rob out for a little bit that could affect the seating and definitely hurt us, you know, come playoff time. And so I just think uh, it's not in the realms of possibility for us to slip out of the the number one favorite for the odds for betting and stuff like that. But um, I definitely think that this team is, is resilient, right? They've never made things easy. I, I feel like with the Celtics this last five years, they probably have been the most drama, Build one of the most drama-filled teams to watch in the NBA, with all the way back to like the Kyrie situation to 
you got, you know, now EMA situation. There's just been a variety of different things throughout the past few years with the Celtics. And um, I think they're getting used to that in a sense. They're battle tested in that sense where there could be a lot of outside noise happening and they could just come together as a team. And I think if they could just build on what they really started to get going last year, especially at the end of the year, if they can build on that, man, um, they could definitely cancel out that noise and still make a run and try to get back to the NBA Finals. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think, Pat, I agree with everything you said there. I mean, it's going to be uh, – they're definitely going to be fighting some adversity here early in the year, you know, with the change, uh, you know, to Missoula, to the no Rob. Um, to the no gallo. So, you know, I think Grant is going to have to play a big role. I think, you know, we might play some multiple guard lineups here. You know, maybe Peyton's minutes actually don't diminish as heavily as we thought maybe because, you know, I still think they're obviously going to be diminished, Pat. But, you know, I'm really looking forward. I mean, the WNBA was glorious, even though my sky lost in the semifinals. I was glad to see Becky Hammond and the Aces win, Pat. Um. But there's only one team I've been a fan of my entire life, and that's the bo- or at least when it comes to basketball, and that's the Boston Celtics. So I'm excited to see some Boston Celtics basketball here. Uh, but I do am very thankful that the WNBA and the Eurobasket were there to hold me over without basketball, uh, without NBA basketball, I should say, for a while. So shout out to both the international game and the women's game, two very underappreciated, you know, games when it comes to basketball. Absolutely. And and I think going into this season, there's there's only <clears throat> one thing that I'm I'm a little concerned with the new coach situation is like you remember back in school <clears throat> and you'd have the teacher and anything like that, you're on your you know, trying to be your best and whatever, but then a substitute comes in and it's just it, the type of hold the substitute has on on that group sometimes isn't the same. I just really hope that you know, Joe has been around the team since 2019. I just hope he doesn't – they don't treat him almost like a substitute. I don't think it's going to be like that extreme of a difference. But, you know, definitely a different person in charge. There's definitely something else there to, to kind of like men. There's different relationships to have. When you're a head coach, there's just a different type of way that you're supposed to manage and, and kind of treat players, et cetera. So um, that's something that I'm just a little nervous about. And also, like, I, I really I really want to see how Tatum and Brown react on the court now, right? And – do they let this outside noise bother them too? Or does Tatum go, that's right, last year wasn't a fluke, and I'm actually going to raise my game to that MVP level. Is How focused is he, you know, in, in being that, that MVP that he wants to be so bad? And then how does Jada Brown respond? Like, is this guy going to end up being, you know, going for an all-NBA team? Is he really going to be engaged, or is he going to be kind of disengaged? You know, it's, it's going to be very important to kind of watch and see how that ends up being. Yeah, um, you know, I do think that even though it is a new guy, and I do under I do like the substitute teacher reference. I think the substitute teacher is the older, more respected type of substitute teacher because even though Joe Mazzulla is young in age, being even younger than Al Horford, okay, which is kind of wild. Um, these players have clearly stated, you know, the type of respect they have for that guy. And you know, Pat, I think something that is important to mention is Mazzulla. He went undrafted in 2011, tried to play overseas. He's been coaching since 2011. So he went straight into coaching. So he has over a decade of coaching experience at the collegiate level and at the G League level and at the NBA level. Over a decade. And he's only 34. 
So, you know, like Brogdon said, he's a very, very disciplined guy, you know, even for his young age. So that probably has something to do with the fact he's been uh, coaching already for over a decade. So I love that, you know, coaching experience, even if only three years came at the top flight at the NBA. Um, I still think that's valuable coaching experience. And honestly, I think a lot of the greatest coaches cut their teeth coaching, okay, you know, in a non-NBA level setting. Like Nick Nurse was coaching basketball in England, man. And he, you know, made his way to be an NBA champion head coach and, you know, one of the best coaches in the NBA. So I am, you know, a fan of his experience here. And uh, I think the players are going to have a certain level of respect for him. And, uh, you know, we'll see how the team responds. I think it's going to be a very interesting season for the Celtics. A lot of stories going around. A lot of people preying on the Celtics' downfall, finding any reason to hate, hate, the, uh, hate the Boston Celtics. So, uh, you know, I'm, hopefully uh, we can prove some haters wrong, man. And hopefully Jalen Brown makes All-NBA, Pat. So hopefully he can get paid 50 to $60 million a year for the next five years. By the Boston Celtics. Which I would love for him. I would love Jalen Brown to make the All-NBA team. <clears throat> and I definitely think there's a path for him to make it that way, right? I think he has the opportunity to hit another gear. I think him and Tatum have the opportunity to to both have an amazing season. And I think with that opportunity that they have in front of us now is, could you, like, one of, one of the best things I saw on Twitter was, could you imagine the 30 for 30 for the Boston Celtics that they won the championship this year? Like how this offseason has gone going into this season and all the, the hate that's kind of going their way and people doubting them. <clears throat> this would be a wonderful opportunity for them to have the opportunity to just go out there and prove it. And it, it's funny because we always talk about how this team never makes it easy, right? We talked about all last playoffs previous years last playoffs was a good example of how many times that we felt like they they shouldn't have gone to seven games with some of the teams that they went but they just made it harder on themselves but they got over it and i think that resiliency definitely comes into a factor for this team and i think that the celtics need to rally behind their two best players and welcome in malcolm brogdon and and welcome in joe mazula and really just come out and just play ball man like focus just cancel out the outside noise. I know that's way easier said than done, especially when you're an athlete and you see it on, you know, the internet and regarding your team and your name around it and you develop relationships. I know that's super hard and it's way easier to say than actually do, but I really want to see this team kind of use everything that's kind of happened and just really like hyper focus in on the season and just ball out, man. And I think there's an opportunity for this team to really, reach heights this year and i'm i'm excited um especially to do our picks you know um, i think we're gonna do the first half of the season on wednesday so you guys better look out for that because I, i'm excited man I'm, I'm really excited to see where we both kind of have this team hanging especially with all the news and stuff i think it's going to tell how we feel about this off season and and kind of give us an idea of like how we think this season's going to go for the boston celtics Yes, bro. That is one of my favorite episodes to do is the, uh, is the prediction episode, Pat, you know, we discussed last episode, I was like ridiculously close to getting the, you know, the record, right. Um, I doubt I'll be, I'll doubt I'll be as close this year. Cause this is a lot more complicated this year. I think than it was last year. I was just hopeful, you know, of Eme and Jason and all this thing. So, 
you know, this offseason, I started off very hopeful, man, but uh, I've got less hope, honestly, really over the last, like, four or five days, really since Gallo got injured, but especially, especially over the last four or five days because I thought we could survive without Gallo, Pat. But, you know, I'm excited to see these guys overcome adversity. These are mentally strong guys. This was proven last season, you know, because remember, Celtics were a 500 basketball team for a while before they were the best team in the NBA. Um, so I think these guys know how to handle that adversity now. I think they're growing as men. They're growing as players. I'm excited to see Grant take another leap. Derek White said he got a, hey, for the first ever offseason, a personal strength coach worked on his form and his strength. I think that's going to go a super long way to, you know, helping his jump shot, Pat, and that is a huge thing, you know, that could really help the Celtics offense. Um, you know, Al's going to be out. I think Jason could have said. Al talked about how he's also in shape for his back-to-backs this year as well. So, Sir, big man, Al. Grandpa Al playing back-to-backs. I love to see that. Uh, but, you know, I think there's definitely some progression some guys can take. Like, I think the players I'm mostly looking at, Pat, in that sense are Grant and Derek White probably. Maybe in some different manners. Like Grant, I think, can grow more as a player completely. Whereas Derek White just needs to fine-tune some of the things about his game, and I think he'll be a much better player. So I am really looking forward, man. It's basketball. is right around the corner, Pat. NBA basketball, man. Boston Celtics basketball. Yeah, man. And, and you're talking about Malcolm Brogdon as well. I, I can't wait to see the way he really fits in with this team. I, I definitely think that he has that ability to – to establish a really solid role within this team and become the third best scoring option for the Boston Celtics this year and and really give us that punch off the bench that we've really been craving. We could see him also start it sometimes if we end up going small. Uh, definitely not in the realm of impossible to have smart Rogden, Brown, Tatum, and Horford lineups. I think that's a very reasonable lineup to throw out there in some cases. And I'm just really excited for him, man. Like, that's the new addition. That's the new toy. You know, that's the guy where we really want to see what what he unlocks because we both felt that that move was substantial in the uplifting of the Boston Celtics this year. And if if he comes in, if it's like a glove, and it's not going to take you know a month or two for him to kind of find his groove. We know, we saw Derek White kind of struggle at first, you know, getting into the groove of things with with everyone. But if you can definitely get Malcolm Brogdon going early on with this group of guys and he could stay healthy for the season, man. Oof. I'm, you're talking about a Celtics team that's really, really poised and ready for this run. Yeah, absolutely, man. Brogdon is going to play a massive part. You know, is he going to look like pre-injury Brogdon? Is he going to be able to stay healthy? I think that, uh, you know, I think we're going to see some great stuff from Malcolm. I think he's going to be by far our best pick and roll uh, runner. Um, on the entire team. So I'm really looking forward to see him settle down the offense, but also be able to create for himself. And uh, I, I I am hoping that the Celtics bring in another big man. I don't even care if it's like a really, I don't, it doesn't need to be a boogie. doesn't need to be Dwight Howard, just another body. Uh, I would really like to see that, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know, the way things have gone so far, Pat. All right. Taco fall. We're coming back to the the Boston Celtics. Baby. All right, that's right. All right, give me cup and jelly. Okay, it's all good. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I'm not <laughs> um, really Lucas kidding. Lucas Gaynor is going to be the starting center of the Boston Celtics next year. Oh, you don't want that. I'm getting. Uh, I'm what they would call a mouse in the house. That's what that's what they call. It. Listen, I'm, uh, I can hold my own on the Boston streets out here playing pickup, but uh, you know, 
I think we've covered this, you know, more than once. Okay. I know I couldn't cut it out there on an NBA floor, especially not as the five. Um, I'll use all six fouls though, Pat. I promise that. I got you. <laughs> you definitely will. Um, you have any takeaways from media day in general today outside of the, some of the, the guys just looking a little disrayed. I, I think, I think there's some better days ahead of this group, right? They got practice tomorrow. I think there are better days ahead. I agree. I agree. There are better days ahead. Uh, but the thing is, Pat, as you kind of mentioned this earlier, like media day is supposed to be all good vibes, fun vibes. This did feel like a strange media day. I have to admit, um, you know, there were still, so, I mean, it wasn't all bad vibes or, you know, all negative and everything. Um, but you know, there was just obviously a cloud kind of hanging over it, which was a little disappointing. I would say that is something I noticed. But I also think it was pretty clear, Pat, these guys are ready for to, for the focus to be on basketball. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think they don't want to be around a lot of media at this time. And I, I think they really just want to get on the court and start playing so that they can just – I think game starting – sooner rather than later is, is better for this group and, and they can really start focusing on, on the goal at hand. And ultimately, you know, Jason Tatum had one of those quotes today. You know, I believe it, let me see if I can pull this up right here. Um, I just know that Jason Tatum was mentioning uh, that they still believe that they can compete for a championship. You know, like that's what they want to to do this year. Uh, I don't know exactly where that quote is, but I just know that Jason Tatum is, is very poised on, on, Hey, I want to compete for a championship. That's what our team is capable of doing. And he believes that this team can get back there. And uh, I think he just needs to lead by example. I think if, if Jason Tatum comes out opening night and he really focuses on basketball, I think everybody else around him will kind of also continue to just boom, let's do it, you know? And uh, it's going to be a big, big leadership season for both him and Jalen Brown. And, as long as those guys are on the same page and they're fighting for that goal, I think everybody else will just kind of just fill in and, and be those guys for them. So I'm kind of hoping that's what ends up happening. Yep. I'm absolutely right there with you, Pat. Um, I think I'm, I think we, I covered everything we wanted to cover, Pat. I mean, I don't have too much left over here. I don't know if you got uh no, that kind of, that kind of, pretty much concludes everything I kind of had with the, with the Celtics today, you know, the media day was uh, a bit in the, in the dumps and I don't really want to get into too many of the quotes around him. email just because I believe that we should also be trying to move past the situation, you know, and it's, it's life after email at this point. And I, I really hope that everything as far as that goes concludes officially soon. And we can really just worry about the better days. Yes, sir. I'm right there with you. I think we do need to look at this as something to move past. Um, and also, I mean, a lot of the guy, a lot of the players, just they know as much as we do. So it's not like the quotes really told us too much. Um, so yeah, I say it's time to just move past it and and you know hope that we can overcome some adversity just like we did last year, Pat. But that's all for me tonight, man. Yes, sir. Make sure you guys go ahead and over to Spotify and make sure you guys leave that five star rating and over to Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys leave that review and five-star rating there as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Luca underscore Gainer, at Ball and Opinions, and at Ethos Celtics for all your Celtics coverage. Please, guys, we appreciate all the love and support. Share with your friends and family. Um, I got nothing else for you guys, but uh, Lucas, you got anything else? Absolutely not. We appreciate everybody who shows up to the show, everybody who downloads, listens, 
Uh, we really appreciate that. And I can't wait to get the season preview kicked off on Wednesday, Pat. Let's go. Peace. Peace.